0: Hello, Hello. horror Horror fanatics! fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Whoa!
1: The Horror. Horror. Thank you for joining us (laughs) as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy.
0: If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow to your Regular Rotation Podcast. You can also
1: submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at OTH at seriouslydecent.com. You can check our website out at OtheHorrorPodcast.com. Connect to our social media links, our groups, our stuffs, our haps all the places we're at all like two or three of them all those things yeah you can check the back catalog out seasons 1 and 2 we don't charge extra for that we, we don't. don't charge anything it's free it's free full, full free, free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 yeah
0: <laughs> Welcome to the delicious dish episode of Oh the Horror! I guess. was I
1: was almost gonna do uh, the intro because we watched Muppets Take Manhattan last <laughs> night. I was gonna do it in Kermit.
0: Hi ho! <laughs> this is Kermit the Frog. Hello,
1: horror fanatics! Hi ho! Kermit. Thank you for joining us <laughs> as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, <laughs> scary, and downright creepy. I hope <laughs> <laughs> I love Muppets Take Manhattan. I know you do. Man, I love it. It just never gets old. My
0: favorite line from my favorite movie girls just want to have fun from mm. when I was a yeah, a child was, we made a deal when I was seven and a half. Nightlife was a Muppet show. (laughs) Yeah. And her father goes, don't sass me. Sorry, sir.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 I haven't seen that movie in a long
0: time. Girls just want to have fun.
1: Yeah. Well, you do that like once a year. You watch that. Average. Average.
0: It used to be once a year. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a while. I used to also watch Footloose and Flashdance. Yeah, that was uh, at least twice a year. Mm-hmm. I would I would watch those because you know you gotta get your dance on.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But um,
1: now girls just want to have fun. That's the one who had the the military dad, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
0: It's when they made a deal when she was seven and a half or eight and a half, and nightlife was a Muppet show.
1: Hmm. mm Hmm. And and she wanted that was dancing, right? Or singing? Dancing. Dancing, yeah. That was back it in the was old mall days.
0: Dance TV time that was in back, Chicago. That was back in the mall
1: <laughs> days with like Tiffany and Debbie Gibson singing. That was that era, I believe, right?
0: It was. Right? I believe it was. It was Sarah Jessica Parker, Helen Hunt.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh boy.
0: Yeah. I loved that movie. Loved it. Yeah. I watched it so many times. See, I I, I I, did have.
1: Do you think you've watched that more or Princess Bride?
0: The movie I've seen the most, what without would, a doubt, what would be the, is Romancing the Stone. Yeah? It's Romancing the Stone, probably close second to Footloose, because I used to watch those at my cousin's house
1: mm-hmm.
0: over the summer when we were on break from school. Yeah. So if it was raining, they had they had Romancing the Stone and Footloose on beta. So we would watch those. Wow. And then we each took turns playing one of the characters. Okay. So that's how I can do the complete dialogue from Footloose and from Romancing the Stone.
1: See, I would have lost the bet on... Romancing the Stone being like the most watched movie. That's like a good quiz on. That's how you really get to know somebody, I
0: yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Is what the most watched movie yeah. you've seen in your life?
0: Yeah. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for having watched those two movies exclusively mm. heavily, yeah. Because I mean, there were times where we watched it at least once a day. Yeah every day for weeks to the point where we can if we got my cousin Brenda, my cousin Steven, myself, probably Chris Walker and probably Debbie
1: no Mercedes this year
0: <laughs> she wasn't like that no um we probably could we probably could do both footloose and fleshdown or uh Romancing the stone and that's a
1: hard one for me on the movie I've seen the most I think Willy Wonka would have to be up there for me I really think it would have to be up there
0: if it hadn't been for that it would have been uh Princess Bride mm-hmm. or Twister
1: yeah Twister is a big favor of yours yeah
0: that's no moon. It's a space station Beltzer.
1: <laughs> He's in it for the money. We'll say that maybe.
0: At least once a week. At least a
1: dozen times a year. At least a dozen. Yeah. yeah. He's, in He's in it, it for, for the money. money. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think Willy Wonka for me has got to be up there. Goonies is another one.
0: See, I loved Goonies, but yeah. oh, I, I didn't. I didn't the, have that one.
1: Played the living beans out of that. I had that on VHS.
0: Now, if we want uh, to talk Disney movies,
1: oh yeah, no,
0: you. It would. Have what's your
1: most watched Disney movie?
0: Under duress, it was Little Mermaid. <laughs> under duress, because that was the only movie, Lindsay.
1: Yeah, would watch. No, but that's what I'm getting at. Like th- yeah. this is, I think it's like a cool question to but ask. But if people. I were
0: to sit down and watch a Disney movie when I was a kid, mm-hmm. it was Robin Hood.
1: Yeah, this is good. It is good.
0: Mama says you and Robin Hood are are, are sweet sweethearts. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand on your heart and cross your eyes. If I tattle tail I'll die till I'm dead.
1: I'm trying to think. Yeah, so it would be Willy Wonka, Goonies. I'm trying to figure out what my third would be. That's tough. That's real tough. Because I played out a lot a of kid, movies.
0: Out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> That's all I had was movies. Well,
1: no, and like, I, here's what happened. We would have cable TV, and then cable would say, hey, you got HBO for a trial, you know, and you'd have HBO for a month, mm-hmm. and that was a sprint. Yeah. You get your VCR, you get VHS yep. tapes, yep. and you'd start recording yep. movies. Yep. And that's, that's
0: how I got...
1: That's how a lot of people built their stash up yeah. that way. Yeah. You know, I had Short Circuit. I had, I had
0: American <laughs> Anthem.
1: <laughs> I had Short Circuit, uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, which we just watched yep. last night. Um, I had... Let's see, what else what else did I have on there? You see now this is where it's starting to get foggy.
0: I taped Wizard of Oz. Mm. I did did not do Sound of Music. Yeah. I wanted to. I remember
1: I had I had Space on VHS that I (laughs) I taped on HBO. I watched a lot of Inner Space. I liked that. Mm -hmm. Um
0: I taped American Anthem. I watched the shit out of that. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, I had, I had, a during, I'd say high school years, I had a very strong, if it was a, a dancing movie, I watched it. hmm If it was a musical, I'd give it a fair shot.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but if it had gymnastics. Yeah. I was in.
1: The Last Dragon was one of them. Okay. With Leroy and Shonuff. Yep. Uh. Breaking okay. and Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. That was like a great sequel. That was like a two-parter I had. That Both
0: I, were on how did this get made. Yeah,
1: and that I ripped those off at HBO on the yep. trial period. I remember that. Yeah, because Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo had where they were dancing like on the wall and the yep. ceiling. Like, oh, that was like crazy.
0: Yep. That
1: was nuts. Uh, and then I remember at one point, like the stars aligned. And Star Wars was on HBO. Oh, boy. And I taped that on the trial I
0: did not get Star Wars. I played
1: the living beans I didn't have
0: to because Brenda and Steven had Star Wars.
1: Well, then I think what happened was is my brother bought, my brothers bought Star Wars or whatever. But then I remember watching, oh, my God, I remember watching uh, Empire Strikes Back. And like the, we
0: went to the theater and watched and Empire the, Strikes Back.
1: And the downer that that ended on, I yeah. was just like, what, what, what's happening? What's happening in my life? I'm yep. like Han Solo's in Carbonite. Yeah. And like, people got to remember that shit. Like, yeah. that movie came out and you had to wait for was, Return of the Jedi to come out to see what the like fuck- what? happened two
0: years before we got it was suddenly, like,
1: but you had to wait yeah. that long to figure out what the fuck's going on with han solo yeah but
0: we had all that time to come up with theories as to what was going to happen that was han. the
1: discussion for two, <laughs> two years, years straight yeah yeah it was like lunch school lunch discussions yeah deep on the deep level of yeah. what the hell is going on oh yeah
0: should we just do a movie podcast yeah
1: <laughs> Well, we talked about that, but the fact is it's like how many fucking movie podcasts are there? And I like this. I like what we do. Speaking of what we do, what the fuck are we doing today?
0: We you and I yeah. are talking about MK Ultra.
1: Episode one hundred and twenty seven. Yep. We're getting into the one thirty range here. We are. Yeah. It's gonna be nuts when we hit like a thousand. That's gonna be crazy. Yeah.
0: That's a long time, man.
1: Yeah, man, but we're heading there.
0: I bet I bet there'll be a lot of cults on our way there, man. (sighs)
1: Holy cow. Yeah. MK Ultra. Weird thing today. Out of nowhere, we're (laughs) checking out hiking trails and there's this fucking building. Says, I think
0: it was bathrooms. Yeah, it was yeah. old
1: bathrooms or something like yeah. that. And it's just check out MK Ultra or something like yeah. that. And I told you to get out of the van. I'm like, check this shit out.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: didn't uh, plan that at all. No. Life's weird coincidences. Yeah. 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 No, MK Ultra is uh, you know, it's the American government's finest moment aside from now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We've done some stupid shit, y'all. Well,
1: no, you know what? Governments do stupid things. Yeah. And this is like, I I thought this would be, you know, we both came up with this idea, Mm -hmm. MKUltra. It had to be on somehow. Everybody talks about it. Yeah. But like governments just do dumb shit. And
0: MKUltra. Like the men who stare at goats.
1: No. MKUltra is the only thing you need to know that you shouldn't. Trust a government. Correct. You shouldn't give a government a lot of power and no. control. No. You know, like no. right now. Yeah. You know, you've got, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. You got a young generation that doesn't know better. Yeah. School failed them and didn't yeah. teach anything. So now we're just hoping that some podcasts reach out to people that talk about this stuff. Right. You know, and I you mean. Hope
0: the right people. Yeah. Get into their ear holes. <laughs>
1: it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it just, uh. This, I've
0: got two sources.
1: You got two? Yeah. Really? I Smithsonian. Did,
0: I did check out the CIA website. Britannica and I was like
1: Ugh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just can't with this. <laughs> so I have
1: <laughs> no pictures. No, no video.
0: No, hmm. that wasn't the problem. It was it was the font, no, and I there know. was like no space.
1: Because it's scanned.
0: Between yeah. whatever the yeah. reason. No, I was so. like, uh,
1: again, government not doing something well. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I have
0: history.com, the CIA's appalling human experiments with mind control by Brian Nofill, and NPR.org. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: I did go into CIA.gov and read were around. Were you
0: able to discern what the words were? Because yes. they all just ran in together, and it was like no. one long sentence, and it was like yeah. a page.
1: Yeah. See, morons like me love to read that kind of stuff. That's the data I dive into. I'm like, oh, boy.
0: Uh, yeah. Government no. puke. I went in, and I went, oh, yeah, no, thank you. So and I have uh,
1: CIA.gov. Uh, they. <laughs> I had to laugh because they had. Uh, there was
0: also senate.gov. You
1: know, yeah, and I was like, yeah. well, well we if the
0: CIA one looks like shit, the Senate one's not going to be much better.
1: Well, it was funny because they <laughs> they said, "Uh,
0: oh, you know what? I read on
1: the bottom of it, we got a print friendly version of this." Oh really? Yeah, here it is. It's uh, no one else will be able to see it. No, but yeah, that's the print friendly version.
0: Well, I'll be, Emmer yeah. Ducks.
1: Which is, uh, it's still not great. It's better. Oh yeah. No, it's better than this. Cause I got it. That's what you were reading. Yes.
0: Right? And yeah. I went, fuck that shit. No, thank you. Yeah.
1: So, so I started reading that and then I scrolled up and yeah, right here, there's an attachment. <laughs> so of I, course. I clicked that. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, yeah. I clicked that one and that, that brought me to, uh. S- something
0: that was actually readable.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I got to laugh because they had this one here. Approved for release 2018. <laughs> you know.
0: Folks, this started in
1: 1953. Yeah. <laughs> or 52, <laughs> technically. But, you know, I, I got to laugh. This That's how prompt the government is. You know.
0: So, yeah. I actually have a nice little. Um...
1: Well, and I also, I'm not done with my sources oh. Okay. So I did uh, greatdynamics.com. They had a pretty interesting thing on it. It was called MK Ultra: The CIA infiltrates the human psyche. And then uh, I'm always a fan of allthatsinteresting.com. They always have like a neat little summary thing. Well, it's that you can all kind that's kinda...
0: interesting.
1: Well, It's, it's no. only
0: interesting stuff.
1: They might not be interesting, but the things they look into are interesting. I think that's Fair the enough. deciphering of all that's, that's interesting. That's the discernment. Yeah, but this one was it was a pretty good overview. So I would recommend to people if you are like, "Hey, I've never heard of MK Ultra, and I need like a overview of it."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All that's interesting does a pretty good swab at it.
0: If you don't know or haven't heard of MK Ultra,
1: uh, there's a lot of people that don't know. Any of this stuff, and these are the move ones. your
0: rock. <laughs> no, there's just people yeah. that just
1: don't know, you know. Well, again, let's like, get into
0: this because people need to know,
1: yeah. People because need to know, if they did it
0: once, they could do it again.
1: Well, they are doing it again, but yeah, we'll get but to with that. Something yeah, else. okay. Yeah.
0: So, on April 10th, 1953, Alan Dulles. He was the newly appointed director of the CIA, Mm. delivered a speech to a gathering of Princeton alumni. Though the event was mundane, global tensions were running high. This was the end of the Korean War. Mm -hmm. And earlier that week, the New York Times had published a startling story asserting that American POWs returning from the country may have been converted by communist brainwashers. Some GIs were confessing to war crimes, like carrying out germ warfare against the communists, a charge the U.S. categorically denied, but probably did happen. Others were reportedly so brainwashed that they had refused to return to the United States at all. As if that weren't enough, the U.S. was weeks away from secretly sponsoring the overthrow of a democratically elected leader in Iran. So, tensions are running high. Dulles had just become the first civilian director of an agency growing more powerful by the day. And the speech provided an early glimpse into his priorities for the CIA. Quote, In the past few years, we've become accustomed to hearing much about the battle for men's minds, the war of ideologies. He told the attendees, I wonder, however, whether we clearly perceive the magnitude of the problem, whether we realize how sinister the battle for men's minds has become in Soviet hands, he continued. We might call it in its new form brain warfare, End quote. Dulles proceeded to describe the, quote, Soviet brain perversion techniques as effective but abhorrent and nefarious. He gestured to the American POWs returning from Korea, shells of the men they were, parroting communist propaganda they'd heard cycled for weeks on end. So part of the uh, communist propaganda is they just blast their propaganda over...
1: Well, over, all like, over, um, yeah. So microphones to and put context, stereos and To whatnot. put context on how all this was going through, so basically what you have was... This is getting right into like the Cold War, and it is uh, the Cold War. And you know what's tough is like trying to describe the Cold War to someone who's never been in it or around it. Yeah, it is. It's weird. It, is it, it weird. was a weird part in time was, of the Cold War. It, it, it was, was, was
0: like democracy against communism.
1: Yeah, so you had you had the states versus basically Soviet Union at yeah. that time, mm-hmm. Uh and. So now you'd hear uh, it was a race. It was a race to kind of see what was going to work in a sense, yeah. you know, because the Soviets are like, look, communism's the way, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then you had the, you know, the the stuff over the airwaves and like yeah. Korea and China and, yeah. and the Soviets that were blasting all this propaganda through and say
0: 24 hours a day oh yeah but it was also in schools and all that stuff
1: yeah it was mind control in a huge way i hate to say it same things kind of happen now um but but in that context then yeah it really was a race to see what would win right um and and it was a vested race and it was in all facets of different areas it was interrogation techniques Mm -hmm. like mk ultra came through there was the space race. Mm-hmm. There was just the technological race, yeah. period, of how a market, you know, there was the market race. It was very how much markets, an us against that. Everything was a competition, all the way down to hockey. That's yeah. that reason, the you Olympics, know, the Olympics game in Placid. Right on the s- and, and, screen for and Placid, you. that's where everybody was in it. And yep. it was this vested race of good versus bad. Yeah. On both sides. You yeah. know, the Soviet thought we were bad and they were good and we thought we were good and they were bad. Yeah. And, uh, and it went through and, and, you know, it's funny cause I'll talk to people and they're like, well, you know, oh, communism isn't that bad. And, you know, it's people that have never seen it or been around it, you know? Right. And my big statement all the time is, is okay, when the wall fell between East Berlin and West Berlin, mm-hmm. which way did people run? Yeah. No. And I mean, yeah. that's really like it the is. essence of it. Yeah. Was if it, it's
0: so great. Why did everyone, why who was did everyone under from run? Yeah, why did
1: everyone flee? from Why did everyone from East Berlin and East Germany run over to the West? Yeah. You didn't see anybody from the West running over to the East side. Mm-mm. You know, and and that's like my my one-shot statement yeah. to the people that think oh, communism socialism is the answer for things like that. It's like the Berlin Wall is the best example of seeing how yes. that played out because you literally had, and this is what's frustrating now, is we have history, and it's
0: not the longest, oldest history. No, it's you know. Not.
1: But you literally had a country split in half and yeah. you had one under communist rule and you had one not under communist yeah. rule or socialist rule or yeah. whatever. And, and the
0: people that were under communist rule kept trying to get out yeah. the entire time. <laughs>
1: and, yeah.
0: They invented the hot air balloon there's, to get
1: out. <laughs> there's another movie that I remember watching a ton of because I recorded it on VHS. Remember that movie, Gotcha? No. with um what no. the, what the hell's his name? He was the doctor in ER, uh Anthony Edwards. He was young.
0: Never saw it.
1: It was uh like they were playing paintball and like he hooked up with this uh this woman I can't remember her name either. She was in a lot of uh like 80s movies or whatever and she was like a spy, a German spy. And he was an American exchange student going over and he got stuck in East Berlin. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't get out of yeah. East Berlin. He was stuck there um yeah gotcha there's Never... that song gotcha gotcha where i want you but too late <laughs> yeah oh my god i'm gonna find that movie and i figured out what i'm doing tomorrow i'm, oh, watching, I'm watching i'm watching so gotcha sorry.
0: i'll be out of the, out oh, of the area you're, oh,
1: you are missing out
0: so, yeah. so, back to Dulles.
1: Yeah, so basically with this, you had the Cold War, yes. and there was this race. Yes. And then what happened was, and this is, it, it's happening now, I hate to say it, but there was this whisper that the Soviet Union uh, came up upon this uh, novel way of interrogating people. And the states were like, fuck that, Russia can't be good at, th- or Soviet yeah. Union can't be good at this. And so, bang. They started doing this shit.
0: Yeah, so um, Dulles expressed fears and uncertainty. He wanted to know if they were using chemical agents, hypnosis, or something else entirely. Quote, we in the West, the CIA director conceded, are somewhat handicapped in brain warfare. This sort of non-consensual experiment, even on one's enemies, was antithetical to American values. Dulles insisted, as well as antithetical to what should be human values. Fear of brainwashing and a new breed of brain warfare terrified and fascinated the American public throughout the 1950s, spurred by both the words of the CIA and the stories of brainwashed GIs returning from China, Korea, and the Soviet Union. Newspaper headlines like New Evils Seen in Brainwashing and Brainwashing Versus Western Psychiatry offered sensational accounts of new mind control techniques and technologies that no man could fully resist. The paranoia began to drift into American culture with books like The Manchurian Candidate and The Naked Lunch, playing on themes of unhinged scientists and vast political conspiracies. Yeah. So the idea of brainwashing also provided many Americans with a compelling, almost comforting explanation for communism's swift rise, that Soviets Soviets used the tools of brainwashing not just on enemy combatants, but on their own people. Why else would so many countries be embracing such an obviously backward ideology? American freedom of the mind versus Soviet mind control became a dividing line as stark as the Iron Curtain, which is what they uh, yeah, they referenced in the Cold War. So three days after this speech... Decrying the Soviet tactics of mind control, mm-hmm. Dulles approved the beginning of MK Ultra, a top secret CIA program for covert use of biological and chemical materials. Quote, American values made for good rhetoric, but Dulles had far grander plans for the agency's Cold War agenda. MKUltra's mind control experiments generally centered around behavior modification via electroshock therapy, hypnosis, polygraphs, radiation, a variety of drugs, toxins, and chemicals, and these experiences relied on a range of test subjects. Some freely volunteered, some volunteered under coercion, and some had absolutely no idea whatsoever that they were involved in a sweeping defense research program. From mentally impaired boys at a state school to American soldiers to sexual psychopaths at a state hospital MK Ultra's program often preyed on the most vulnerable members of society the CIA considered prisoners especially good subjects as they were willing to give consent in exchange for extra recreation time or commuted sentences yeah they what could go wrong
1: and they'd also just dose people on like trains
0: oh they would dose you know, they I, would dose people in the CIA yeah and then they would just take notes as they, uh, to what happened.
1: So the program, they actually had, uh, some say uh, that basically they had about 162 experiments total. And they were spread out across multiple cities. They don't really know. Spoiler alert, they destroyed a lot of the material. Yeah. A lot of the research. Yeah, to they cover did a really good
0: it. job of. Getting rid of a lot of the evidence.
1: No, but it was in cities, multiple Mm -hmm. cities, multiple college campuses, multiple prisons, multiple uh, hospitals. Uh, They said about 185 researchers were involved and many of them didn't even know that their work was meant for the CIA. Yeah. So this like gets into the whole bit of. Yeah, none of this shit changes. They still yep. pull this shit off. You know? So
0: Whitey Bulger, yeah, you might know that name. Mm-hmm. He was a former organized crime boss, wrote of his experience as an inmate test subject in MKUltra. Quote, eight convicts in a panic and paranoid state, Bulger said, of the 1957 tests at the Atlanta penitentiary where he was serving time. Quote, total loss of appetite, hallucinating. The room would change shape. Hours of paranoia and feeling violent. We experienced horrible periods of living nightmares and even blood coming out of the walls. Guys turning to skeletons in front of me. I saw a camera change into the head of a dog. I felt like I was going insane, end quote. Bulger claimed that he'd been injected with LSD, lysergic acid, diethylamide, or acid. There you go. Had become one of the CIA's key interests for its brain warfare program. Fun fact there was a big race between the US and they believed the Soviets, who mm-hmm. were all trying to get their hands on the full stock of LSD. Mm-hmm. So In the late 40s, the CIA received reports that the Soviet Union had engaged in intensive efforts to produce LSD and that the Soviets had attempted to purchase the world's supply of the chemical. So one CIA officer described the agency as literally terrified of the Soviets LSD program, largely because of the lack of knowledge about the drug in the U.S., Quote, this was the one material that we had ever been able to locate that really had potential fantastic possibilities if used wrongly, the officer testified. In the advent of MK Ultra, the government's interest in LSD shifted from a defensive to an offensive orientation. Agency officials noted that LSD could be potentially useful in gaining control of bodies, whether they were willing or not. The CIA envisioned applications that ranged from removing people from Europe in the case of a Soviet attack to enabling assassinations of enemy leaders. On November 18, 1953, a group of 10 scientists met at a cabin located deep in the forests of Maryland. After extended discussions, the participants agreed that to truly understand the value of the drug, an unwitting experiment would be desirable. The CIA remained keenly aware of how the public would react to any discovery of MKUltra. Even if they believed these programs to be essential to national security, they must remain a tightly guarded secret. How would the CIA possibly explain dosing unassuming Americans with LSD? Quote, precautions must be taken not only to protect operations from exposure to enemy forces, but also to conceal these activities from the American public in general, end quote, wrote the CIA's inspector general in 1957. Quote, the knowledge that the agency is engaging in unethical and illicit activities would have serious repercussions in political and diplomatic circles and would be detrimental to the accomplishment of its mission, end quote. The CIA's initial experiments with LSD were fairly simple, if shockingly unethical, The agency generally dosed single targets, finding volunteers when they could, sometimes slipping the drug into the drinks of fellow CIA employees. And over time, the LSD experiments grew increasingly elaborate. Perhaps the most notorious of these projects was Operation Midnight Climax. In 1955, on 225 Chestnut Street, San Francisco, the CIA was devoting substantial attention to decorating a bedroom. George White oversaw the interior renovations. Not much of a decorator. White had a storied career in the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. When the CIA moved into drug experiments, bringing White on board became a top priority. White hung up pictures of French can-can dancers and flowers. He draped lush red bedroom curtains over the windows.
1: What a great scene. He
0: framed a series of Toulouse-Lautrec posters with black silk mats for a middle-aged drug bureaucrat Each item evoked sex and glamour. George White wasn't building a normal bedroom. He was building a trap. White then hired a Berkeley engineering student to install bugging equipment in a two-way mirror, and White sat behind the mirror, martini in hand, and waited for the action to begin. Prostitutes would lure unsuspecting Johns to the bedroom, where the men would be dosed with LSD and their actions observed by White from beyond the mirror. As payment for their services, the sex workers received small amounts of cash, as well as a guarantee from White that he'd intercede when the women inevitably had run-ins with law enforcement in the future. Though the CIA piloted these safe houses as a stage for testing the effects of LSD, White's interest shifted to another element of his observations, the sex. The San Francisco House became the center of what one writer called quote, the CIA carnal operations, end quote. As officials began asking new questions about how to work with prostitutes, how they could be trained, and how they could handle state secrets, the agency also analyzed when in the course of a sexual encounter, information could best be extracted from a source, eventually concluding that it was immediately after sex. But perhaps unsurprisingly, much of much much of White's actions were driven by pure voyeurism. Quote, I toiled wholeheartedly in the vineyards because it was fun, 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 White later said. Where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, cheat, steal, rape, and pillage with the sanction and blessing of the all-highest? End quote. The CIA's experiments with LSD persisted until 1963, before coming to a fairly anticlimactic end in the spring of 1963 John Vance, a member of the CIA Inspector General's staff, learned about the project's, quote, surreptitious administration to unwitting, non-voluntary human subjects, end quote. Though the MKUltra directors tried to convince the CIA's Independent Audit Board that the research should continue, the Inspector General insisted the agency follow new research ethics guidelines and bring all the programs on non-consenting volunteers to an end. In 1977, sorry, 1977, Senator Edward Kennedy oversaw congressional hearings investigating the effects of MKUltra. Congress brought in a roster of ex-CIA employees for questioning, interrogating them about who oversaw these programs, how participants were identified, and if any of these programs had been continued. The hearings turned over a number of disturbing, disturbing details, particularly about the 1953 suicide of Dr. Frank Olson, an American scientist who jumped out of a hotel window several days after unwittingly consuming a drink spiked with LSD. Amid growing criminalization of drug users, and just a few years after President Nixon declared drug abuse as, quote, public enemy number one, the ironies of the the U.S.'s troubling experimentation with drugs appeared in sharp relief, like Mm -hmm. this was a big deal. But throughout the hearings, Congress kept hitting roadblocks, CIA staffers claimed they couldn't remember details about many of the human experimentation projects or even the number of people involved. The obvious, the obvious next step would be to consult the records. But that presented a small problem. In 1973, amid mounting inquiries, the director of MKUltra told workers, quote, It would be a good idea if the MKUltra files were destroyed. Citing vague concerns about the privacy and embarrassment of participants, the men who crafted MKUltra effectively eradicated the paper record for one of the United States' most obviously illegal undertakings, a program born in secrecy would hold on to many of its secrets forever. So how did the CIA bring LSD to America? So as part of the search for drugs that would allow people to control the human mind, CIA scientists became aware of the existence of LSD And this became an obsession for the early directors of MKUltra. Actually, the MKUltra director, Sidney Gottlieb, can now be seen as the man who brought LSD to America. He was the unwitting godfather of the entire LSD counterculture. In the early 1950s, he arranged for the CIA to pay $240,000 to buy the world's entire supply of LSD. That was a
1: lot of money back then.
0: He brought this to the United States and began spreading it around to hospitals, clinics, prisons, and other institutions, asking them through bogus foundations to carry out research projects and find out what LSD was, how people reacted to it, Mm -hmm. and how it might be able to be used as a tool for mind control. Now, the people who volunteered for these experiments and began taking LSD, in many cases, found it very pleasurable. They told their friends about it. Who were these people? Ken Kesey, the author of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He got his LSD in an experiment sponsored by the CIA, by MKUltra, by Sidney Gottlieb. So did Robert Hunter, a lyricist for The Grateful Dead, which went on to become a great purveyor of LSD culture. And Allen Ginsberg, the poet who preached the value of the great personal adventure of using LSD, got his first LSD from Sidney Gottlieb. Although, of course, he never knew that that was its name. this
1: There was an experimenter named Donald Cameron, and he was the first chairman of the World Psychiatric Association huh. and the president of the American and Canadian psych- Psychiatric Associations. Uh-huh. And he drugged patients and repeatedly played tapes of noises and, like, uh, uh, suggestions while they yeah. were comatose for long periods of time and what they were trying to do is correct schizophrenia (laughs) you know so like the whole goal of this thing kind of to get the horse back in front of the cart is what they were trying to do was figure out it was two steps yes step one erase the memory yes that's what they were trying to do they were trying to erase memories yep and then step two was to Input. Build new ones. Input and build new ones. You know, either, you know, kind of like Inception, basically. Yeah. You know, give somebody a new idea. You know, so this went way past interrogation techniques. Yeah. It went way past this stuff. They were looking for straight up freaking mind control. Yeah. To where you could wipe the slate off of someone and then go through and try to complete it. And so this is where you got to look at it, like who they were grabbing. They were grabbing schizophrenics they were grabbing yeah. at you know at, at the start it was that but then they just started grabbing anybody and everybody yeah. like i said they,
0: at one point it was anyone that they felt was expendable
1: yeah or just put up the least resistance yep. that was uh, some of the stuff i read right on the cia docs and that's the crazy thing is like you go right to cia.gov this stuff's released like it's yeah. out there it's it's courtesy of the u.s government it's un-fucking-real I mean, it's just it's amazing to to read, and it's you know if you think that was just a, oh well things were messed up then and blah 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 it's like no they they just kept going and doing and different things and that's why I'm glad we're getting into MK Ultra because this is opening up the doors to other things that the government has done so for all you uh, government uh, theorists I don't like to say conspiracy theorists anymore because. I don't Some know,
0: of them aren't conspiracies. A lot of
1: them have been right, man. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of them have been right, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of people, you know, in that in that bit. But you know the the numbers of MK Ultra subjects uh, were just subjected to these just chilling abuses. And here's the thing, and this is what you got to position yourself behind. In the name of science. Yeah. All the shit that's been done in the name of science. And this is where everybody's like, oh, you know, science rules it all. Science does this. Science does that.
0: Trust the science. Oh,
1: you're going to start seeing with AI coming pretty soon and robotics how yeah. fucking great science is. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They're going to do great things. I'm not denying that. Right. But they're also going to do some fucking insane. They're already doing it. Um. So there's, a, they, there's one experiment. Where an unwitting mental patient, so had no, no yep. idea this was yep. going on. This was in Kentucky, was given a dose of LSD every day for 174 consecutive days.
0: Oh.
1: 174 fucking days. Oh. That's literally like, it's, it's just, it's a third of a year. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just unfreaking real. I can't imagine the Swiss cheese. That would turn you into. I mean, it's just nuts.
0: It's it's horrible. Yeah. But the CIA mind control project, MKUltra, was essentially a continuation of work that began in Japanese and Nazi concentration camps. Not only was it roughly based on those experiments, but the CIA actually hired the vivisectionists and the torturers who had worked in Japan and in Nazi concentration camps to come and explain what they had found out so that they could build on their research. Yeah. For example... Nazi doctors had conducted extensive experiments with mescaline at the Dachau uh, concentration camp, and the CIA was very interested in figuring out whether mescaline could be the key to mind control. That was one of their big avenues of investigation. So they hired the Nazi doctors who'd been involved in that project to advise them. Another thing the Nazis provided was information about poison gases like sarin, which is still being used. Nazi doctors came to America, to Fort Dietrich in Maryland, which was the center of this project, to lecture to CIA officers to tell them how long it took for people to die from sarin. Yeah. So they had a bunch of more extreme experiments that they conducted overseas. So Gottlieb and the CIA established secret detention centers throughout Europe and East Asia, particularly in Japan, Germany, and the Philippines, which were largely under American control in the period of the early 50s. And therefore, Gottlieb didn't have to worry about any legal entanglements in these places. So the CIA officers in Europe and Asia were capturing enemy agents and others who they felt might be suspected persons or were otherwise what they called expendable. They would grab these people and throw them into cells and then test all kinds of, not just drug potions, but other techniques like electroshock, extremes of temperature, sensory isolation, all all the time bombarding them with questions, trying to see if they could break down resistance and find a way to destroy the human ego. So these were projects designed not only to understand the human mind, but to figure out how to destroy it. And that made Gottlieb although in some ways a very compassionate person, certainly the most prolific torturer of his generation. Gottlieb operated almost completely without supervision. He had sort of a checkoff from his titular boss and from his real boss, Richard Helms, and from the CIA director, Alan Dulles, but none of them really wanted to know what he was doing. This guy had a license to kill. He was allowed to requisition human subjects across the United States and around the world and subject them to any kind of abuse that he wanted, even up to the level of it being fatal. Yet nobody looked over his shoulder. He never had to file serious reports to anybody. I think the mentality must have been that this project is so important. Mind control, if it can be mastered, is the key to global world power. The end of Gottlieb's career came in 1973 when his patron Richard Helms, who was then director of the CIA, was removed by President Richard Nixon. Once Helms was gone, it was just a matter of time until Gottlieb would be gone. And most important was that Helms was really the only person at the CIA who had an idea of what Gottlieb had been doing. So as they were both on their way out of the CIA, they agreed that they should destroy all records of MKUltra. Gottlieb actually drove out to the CIA Records Center and ordered the archives um, to destroy boxes full of MKUltra records. However, it turns out that there were some other records found in other places. There was a depot for expense accounts reports that had been destroyed and various other uh, pieces of paper remain. So uh, had the expense account information had not been destroyed. So there's enough out there to reconstruct some of what he did. But his effort to wipe away his traces by destroying all those documents in the early 70s was actually quite successful. Several known deaths have been associated with Project MKUltra. Most notably was that of Frank Olson. Olson was a United States Army biochemist and biological weapons researcher. He was given LSD without his knowledge or consent in November 1953 as part of his CIA experiment and died after falling from a 13-story window a week later a CIA doctor assigned to monitor Olson claimed to have been asleep in another bed in a New York City hotel room when Olson fell to his death. In 1953, Olson's death was described as a suicide that had occurred during a severe psychotic episode. The CIA's own internal investigation concluded that the head of MKUltra, CIA chemist Sidney Gottlieb, had conducted the LSD experiment with Olson's Prior knowledge, although neither Olson nor the other men taking part in the experiment, were informed as to the exact nature of the drug until some 20 minutes after its ingestion. The the report further suggested that Gottlieb was nonetheless due a reprimand as he had failed to take into account Olson's already diagnosed suicidal tendencies, which might have been exacerbated by the LSD. Mm -hmm. The Olson family disputes the official version of events, though, They maintain that Frank Olson was murdered because, especially in the aftermath of his LSD experience, he'd become a security risk who might divulge state secrets associated with highly classified CIA programs, about many of which he had direct personal knowledge. A few days before his death, Frank Olson quit his position as acting chief of the Special Operations Division at Dietrich, Maryland, which would later become Fort Dietrich, because of a severe moral crisis concerning the nature of his biological weapons research. Among Olson's concerns were the development of assassination materials used by the CIA, the CIA's use of biological warfare materials, and covert operations, experimentation with biological weapons in populated areas, collaboration with former Nazi scientists under Operation Paperclip, LSD mind control research, and the use of psychoactive drugs during terminal interrogations under a program codenamed Project Artichoke, and then later forensic evidence conflicted with the official version of events. When Olson's body was exhumed in 1994, cranial injuries indicated that Olson had been knocked unconscious before he exited the window. The medical examiner termed Olson's death a homicide. In 1975, Olson's family received $750,000 in a settlement from the U.S. government and formal apologies from President Gerald Ford and CIA Director William Colby. Though their apologies were limited to informed consent issues concerning Olson's ingestion of LSD, On November 28th, 2012, the Olson family filed suit against the U.S. federal government for the wrongful death of Frank Olson. The case was dismissed in July of 2013, due in part to the fact that in 1976, there was a settlement between the family and the government. In the decision dismissing the suit, U.S. District Judge James Bosberg wrote, Quote, while the court must limit its analysis to the four corners of the complaint, the skeptical reader may wish to know that the public record supports many of the allegations in the family suit, far-fetched as they may sound, end quote. A 2010 book by H.P. Alborelli Jr. alleged that the 1951 Pont-Saint-Esprit mass poisoning was part of MK Delta, that Olson was involved in that event, and that he was eventually murdered by the CIA. However, academic sources attribute the incident to ergot poisoning through a local bakery. So the revelations about the CIA and the Army prompted a number of subjects or their survivors to file lawsuits against the federal government for conducting experiments without informed consent. Although the government aggressively and sometimes successfully sought to avoid legal liability, uh, several plaintiffs did receive compensation. There's Frank Olson's family. And previously, the CIA and Army had actively and successfully sought to withhold incriminating information, even as they secretly provided compensation to the families. One subject of Army drug experimentation, James Stanley, an Army sergeant, brought an important, albeit unsuccessful, suit. The government argued that Stanley was barred from suing under the Ferez Doctrine. In 1987, the Supreme Court. Affirmed this defense in a 5 4 decision that dismissed Stanley's case. The United States v. Stanley. The majority argued that, quote, a test for liability that depends on the extent to which particular suits would call into question military discipline and decision making would itself require judicial inquiry into and hence intrusion upon military matters, end quote. In dissent, Justice William Brennan argued that the need to preserve military discipline should not protect the government from liability and punishment for serious violations of constitutional right. The medical trials at Nuremberg in 1947 deeply impressed upon the world that experimentation with unknowing human subjects is morally and legally unacceptable. The United States Military Tribunal established the Nuremberg Code as a standard against which to judge German scientists who experimented with s- human subjects. In, defi- in defiance of this principle, military intelligence officials began surreptitiously, surreptitiously testing chemical and biological materials, including LSD. So they have this Nuremberg code that says, hey, you can't do that. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to do that.
1: Well, even worse, they hired all the people that they were trying to convict of yeah. that code.
0: They're like, hey. And,
1: you know, come to work over here. How'd you here. do it? Come to work over here, you know. And and that's where I got to laugh at the Nuremberg trial. Like, I bring it up in examples in a lot of areas. But, you know, all of that work, all the sweat equity to get into the Nuremberg trial, and that's all you heard over and over again was, I was just doing what I was told. Yeah. I was just doing what I was told. Yep. I didn't want to lose my job. I wanted to protect my family. And then everybody got a soft fucking weak heart heart for all those people and said, okay, yeah, we're not going to do anything about that. And It's like bullshit. You know? So, you know, there's times I've said it, you know, a million times probably on the podcast, but it's like these towns that had uh, a concentration camp near. Yeah. You knew that fucking camp was there. You knew exactly what was happening. You knew it was there. You knew where all your, your resources were going. You knew exactly what was going on
0: over there. Yep. And there
1: just comes a point where I, I'm sorry, there has to be a large, broad brush that has to be painted, mm-hmm. you know, in those regards. Yeah. And, you know, I got to laugh because as a result of all this, LSD is one of the like largest sentences. Like if you get caught making any drug, the uh-huh. largest sentence you're going to get is from making LSD. Really? It's Really? Su- oh, Yeah. Like, it's not even fucking close. Like, if you and I were making LSD here and we got caught, 40 years, instantly gone. 40 years. Wow. Yeah. To to mass produce and distribute, like, yeah. if we were on that level there, it's worse than meth, it's worse than heroin, it's worse than Coke, it's worse than any of that. Yes. There are literally only, you know, I, I was uh, reading something. Where they were saying in the United States, there's literally only, there's less than like 10 people that are making LSD.
0: Yeah.
1: In the whole country. And it's super, super secret. Yeah. They don't talk to anybody. They don't. Yeah. They don't communicate with anybody. They're like hermits out in the fucking wherever, Mm -hmm. you know, making this shit. And they don't, they deal with like one person. And then they have like another person that they show what they're doing. And it's this whole like crazy mm-hmm. process. And the reason, you know, and I remember talking to some people uh, about that and they were like, yeah, that's bullshit. And I'm like, dude, check out MK Ultra, because yeah. that's why. Yeah. You know, why on earth would they put away someone that long? It means they are scared to death of the recourse that yeah. this drug could do if it got let loose again. Yeah. You know, and you look back at it. I mean, Charles Manson, great example.
0: I get to that. You know. He's yeah.
1: part of, you know, he's part of the whole, you know, thing yeah. with it. And, and, you know, it's, and you look at what that happened. You look at all those fucking cults yeah. and we talked about Yeah, I didn't want to bleed into it too much on the last few cults, but it's like all those cults were in the sixties and seventies. It was the blast Radius of MK Ultra. Yeah. And you had, you know, all these cults that we talk about from the 60s and 70s, they were using LSD. Every single one of them, you know. And if you had the real hardcore ones, they were kind of small, you know. And I would say maybe Scientology was different, but Scientology was different in the way that it created this model of a cult yeah. that other people would adhere to. So, this is where, you know, you might be sitting back and you're just saying, dude, it's just acid. It just opens up your mind, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It opens up your mind. And this is what I say to people who can handle drugs. Yeah. You are the minority, brother and sister. Yes. You are the minority. Yes. The rest of the people can't handle fucking drugs no. at all. Let alone something like this. Yeah.
0: And I know. There are if people I- who can't do pot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm one of them. Yeah. I'm one of them where I just, it never really agreed with me. Yeah. And it never did well. I didn't go out and hurt people, but you know what? It didn't fucking help me at all. No, it, it didn't. It didn't help me at all at all. If anything it set me back and yeah. I had to Yeah, it did. go through things longer in life, you know, but people got to figure that out. I know if I approached 20-year-old me, 20-year-old me would be like, "Dude, you're a fucking old piece of shit. Shut the fuck up." Yeah. You know, and it's fine if you're saying that right now. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. You know, and you know, you can't tell me what you're going to be in 40 years because I'll be fucking dead because I'm so, an old fuck.
0: Let's but, talk about the people that we know, you know. took. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. were part of the subject. The experiment, yeah. Allen Ginsberg, he got mm-hmm. his LSD in an experiment on Stanford University's campus where he could listen to the records of his choice. Ken Kesey, author of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, he got his, well, he volunteered yeah. for MK Ultra Experiments Involving LSD and other psychedelic drugs at the Veterans Administration Hospital in Menlo Park. And he was a student at nearby Stanford University. Robert Hunter, an American lyricist, singer, songwriter, translator, and poet. uh, Best known for his association with Jerry Garcia and the Dead. Mm -hmm. Um, He was said to be an early volunteer mk ultra test subject at stanford university stanford test subjects were paid to take lsd psilocybin and mescaline then report on their experiences and these experiences were creatively formative for hunter yeah so we had whitey bulger Mm -hmm. he he was subjected to weekly injections of LSD and subsequent testing while in prison in Atlanta in 1957. They were
1: also hitting him with leading questions. Yes. You know, they'd be like, you know, would you murder someone like this? You know, and Ted that Kaczynski, type of
0: shit. an American domestic terror terrorist known as the Unabomber, was said to be a subject of a voluntary psychological study, alleged by some sources to have been part of MKUltra. Mm-hmm. As a sophomore at Harvard, Kaczynski participated in a study described by author Alston Chase as. Purposefully brutalizing psychological experiment led by Harvard psychologist Henry Murray. In total, Kaczynski spent 200 hours as part of the study. Lawrence Teeter, the attorney for Sirhan Sirhan, Believe that Searhand was operating under MK Ultra mind control techniques when he assassinated uh, Robert F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Charles Manson has been tied to MK Ultra by author Tom O'Neill, beginning with his time in prison when Manson took part in drug induced psychological experiments run by the federal government. This continued through his ongoing connection to the CIA's free medical clinic in San Francisco, once out of prison in nineteen
1: sixty seven. Yeah. So, so- yeah, it was like everything
0: a, went great.
1: Yeah. No, it was a 20-year spree. Yeah. Of yeah. just fucking craziness. You know, and um yeah, it's it's the the part that's alarming with all of it is this quest and it's this crazy quest that governments have. Yes. This is again why I'm just I tell people, you got to be anti-government. You got to question Everything your government's telling you, I don't care if, you know, currently in your government, you got your favorite team in there, you know, or whatever. You got to question them all the fucking time.
0: You should be wanting little government, small government. You don't want the government's hand. Yeah. Everything. No, if you want,
1: I always tell people, you want big government, I'll buy your plane ticket. You can move to China. Yeah. Go for it. Go, go. You know, just go. I'll, I'll, The rest
0: of us, we don't want that. I'll
1: I'll do a a crowdfund. Mm-hmm to get your ticket and get you out of here. Yeah. You know, that's that's my philosophy. And you can go on
0: live it. your best life.
1: Yeah, go for it. You you know, and then, you know, you write to me every month thanking me for the crowdfunding to get you over there. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's ridiculous, you know. And you know, I think you know, people will I remember talking to somebody and they're like, "Boy, well, I'm glad we're past that." I'm like, "We're not past that." No. You know, so let's just break it down for a little bit. You got LSD mm-hmm. again it's people are using it for good things. You got people with PTSD and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, and they're using it as treatment and it helps them function. I'm not going to argue against that. You know, it's true. But, but the fact is, is it, it, this is something where you got to ask who is benefiting from this, the minority or the majority Mm -hmm. and the minority will benefit from that. The majority won't, you know, and right now. So here's a story of current. Basically, an international team of researchers engineered a tiny brain implant that can be wirelessly recharged from outside the body to control brain circuits for long periods of time. So the big success in this, just to show the good, Mm -hmm. the good is, is people that have um, like pacemakers and um,
0: like Parkinson's, you know, would it help for that?
1: Well, yeah, eventually it could, you know, but I mean, you know, say, uh, say you have this, uh, like deep, uh, brain stimulator. Like I would have, if my tremor got really bad, I could have that put in there if I had the money and the means, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, cardiac and gastric pacemakers, things like that. So the point of it is, is that they won't have to do an invasive surgery to replace it.
0: Right. Because it just, ran out
1: of, like, the battery yeah. went out or whatever. Yeah. You know, because, like, no if, if you have a, um, like, the deep brain stimulation for tremor and stuff like that, what you can do is wave this thing across your chest, mm-hmm. and that'll turn it off. Because, like, when you sleep, you don't want it on. Right. You know, so you'd wave it over. But, like, if you wanted to eat, you'd wave this magnet thing again, and mm-hmm. it would turn it on. Yeah. But eventually, that battery's going to go out, and they got to crack you open again. Yep. Replace all that through. So this is a great thing where they're like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, we could do this wirelessly mm-hmm. and everything's fine. So now, in the name of science, as always, uh, neuroscientists test these in uh, rats and uh, it demonstrated their ability to suppress cocaine-induced behavior after the rats were injected with cocaine. So now with these implants, like yeah. they just... How do we control the mind? Yeah. This is, you can't just get around this. Like it always goes here. Yeah. You know, whether it's drugs, now it's implants. What is the
0: deal with science injecting drugs into animals? Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, because they're solving the big problems, quote unquote. So, so the way they did this was, uh, it was achieved by precise light stimulation of these relevant target uh, neurons in their brains. Uh, using smartphone-controlled LEDs, you know the LEDs yeah. that are in smartphones. So no exotic shit here, just yeah. basic stuff that we have. I say basic. A smartphone isn't basic to somebody a hundred years ago, but right. but furthermore, the battery and uh, the implants can be repeatedly charged while the rats were behaving freely. So they could just yeah keep recharging them, and this would minimize the physical interruption to the experience experiments so they could do them longer right, and, and, you know, more connectively. So then, you know, you get this professor of physiology um, at this university, uh, a college of medicine, and I quote, the fact that we can control a specific behavior of animals by delivering light stimulation into the brain, just with a simple manipulation of a smartphone app. Yeah. Watching freely moving animals nearby is very interesting and stimulates a lot of imagination. This technology will facilitate various avenues of brain research. So they are able to do this with rats. They can manipulate rats and all that. You want to know this when this was done? Two years ago. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, this isn't new folks.
0: No. Yeah.
1: And two years is like. 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you get into AI, you get into all, and we're going to get into that in future episodes. Um, but yeah, you get into this, it's, it's mind control, yeah. you know? So this is where you really got to ask the questions. What is social media really doing to you? Yeah. What are, what are commercials really doing to you? What is, you know, everything political now, so fucking political. Yes. And for ones that are born into it right now, I'm sorry that you don't know anything better than this right, right here.
0: Because it's a shit show.
1: It's a shit show. And it's a shame, you know, and I hope that there's just this hipster generation that comes out that's anti all of it. Yeah. You know, I, I really, that's what I'm rooting yeah. for. I'm rooting. I want to
0: see the, the anarchy generation. I want, just yeah. A full punk.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just want to see the anti-establishment yep. generation come out. Yep. Much in the same way that ours was for yes. certain things. Yes. But I hope it's in certain things like this, you know. But I don't know. I people just fall in, mm-hmm. and and you know, it's it's just a weird situation in that regard. So you know, if you get an implant in your brain and it can be controlled by a fucking smartphone app, yeah. You know, I mean. What are the implications of that? And then, and that's where I'm just, I'm sorry to the scientists and engineers and all that that might be listening to this. At what cost do you, you know, all the good it can do, the good it can do? It's like, okay, it's just like the LSD thing. Yeah. It's going to help. The experiment
0: was that that chip in that rat's brain was overriding the cocaine that you injected into the rat. Yeah. So how is that good? How is that great? Yeah. What is the point and what is the purpose? Well
1: and what they'll tell you there is is that uh, you know, for someone that's addicted to cocaine, maybe they could continue to I'm thinking like an idiot scientist. And I'm sorry, idiot scientist is an appropriate term here. Yeah. You know, maybe if they're under the the abuse of, you know, It just, you could, or you could be on cocaine and turn it on, turn it off, you know, whatever. Again, what's the point? Exactly. You know, and this is where science gets really dark and really bad. It's just going after a result, not the result. Yeah. Like what's the result you're going and everybody will go, well, that's not the scientific method. And it's like, yeah, I get that you throw spaghetti on a wall and see what fucking sticks. But sometimes you got to ask should I be throwing spaghetti on the fucking Mona Lisa right now? Yeah. You know, Yeah, try it on the wall over there. Yeah. With a wall that nobody gives a shit about yeah. leave the fucking Mona Lisa mm-hmm. alone. And, and this is where things in my opinion, you know, I think I've said it for the longest time. I think in five to 10 years, all this is going to be unrecognizable, yeah. you know, or it's just going to burn straight flat up into the ground. Um, but you do see I think it's very the reason I brought up the whole Cold War reference in all of this is you see that now with us and China, yeah, there is this other Cold War that's going. Yeah, it's going with Russia as well. The thing is though is Russia and China are working together.
0: Yeah. you know they, they always have been.
1: They always have been, and and you're seeing this Cold War again, and and just. This was the whole big reason I really was happy to do MK Ultra. is like, this is what Cold Wars bring out. Yeah. You know, everybody likes to think it's the hockey game at Lake Placid and mm-hmm. that's what the Cold War brought out. You know, it brought out that competition and that mm-hmm. type of stuff, but it also brought 20 years of this shit. Yeah. And 20 years is a long time. Yeah. And I can't even imagine the amount of people this fucking destroyed.
0: Oh Yeah. We're never going to know.
1: And for what? Yeah. What, what came out of it? You know, if it is mind control, which I think that's the whole thing. That's why they had to remove all that. I think they figured out a way to get people to succumb to things. And I think it's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. I think it is. It's just, you need to just be on drugs and have your brain not be able to handle the moment. And then if you're overloaded, all of a sudden you just become submissive. Yeah. And I've been around enough people on drugs, and this is why I have a problem with drugs. Yeah. This is why I'm clean, sober, and I don't do it anymore. Even weed. You get somebody who's baked, super baked, and you get at them and you're just like, bop, 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 bop. And you're like, dude, leave me alone. Just Mm -hmm. please leave me alone. And that's what they want. Yeah. They want you to just say, leave me alone. Yep. and and you don't want to get involved in it. You don't want to participate in it. You don't even want to fix it. You just want it gone and out. Yep. And I really think it's that simple. Yeah, I think the fruit of MK Ultra's labors was already figured out. They figured out the mind control part. Mm-hmm. They're like, we just get people inebriated enough to where they don't feel they're inebriated, right? And we overload them, mm-hmm. and then they just submit.
0: Submit. Yeah, you know. And
1: I think it really is that simple. And I've learned in my life that generally the simple explanation is the explanation. yeah. And, and that to me is the tough part of it. Cause like even the news cycle, it's just boom, 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 really fast. And you, you just have people like, I just don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, I just, I don't want to talk about it. I I just, I get stressed out. I get overwhelmed. Look at all the people that have anxiety now. Mm-hmm. Look at all the people that have all the stress and depression, yeah. you know, way more than, before. Yeah. And I'm just you got to ask the real honest question. Why? We're advancing. We should be ahead of all this yeah. stuff. Instead we're regressing mm-hmm. or not even regressing, just going lower. Yeah. You know, why aren't we performing like previous generations that could handle their shit mm-hmm. and and keep their shit together. You know, and instead, you know, you're not referred a certain way, you lose your fucking mind and go nuts you know, and, and what is the gain of all this? And you yeah. sit there and say, well, yeah, what is the gain of all that? Who knows? Because you could look at MK ultra and say, what the fuck was the gain on that? 20 years, yeah. fucking wipe clear. You know, I guess the moral of my story is, is fuck, take care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, take care of yourself, please. You know, your, uh, your mind is, uh, very useful to a lot of people and they'll try to use it for whatever they can. And they don't give two shits about
0: yeah, you. Yeah, It's not going to be good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's a shame. It really is a dark spot on things, mm-hmm. especially at where I am at. Oh, if my, we
0: want to talk about dark shit the government has done, oh buckle my God. up.
1: Yeah. No, it's a whole, a whole, this is why I say Yeah, we're going to have a thousand episodes. because yeah. It's just tons of shit all mm-hmm. over the place. Um, and, you know, I I look at it from, from a perspective. Of, again, it's just trust. Mm-hmm. I see people that like I, I, I just I could never be like the federal government worker. like I just couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't have it in me. I could be the state government worker, you know because I think working in your state, working in your community, that's that's the big approach. Uh, this networked world that we live in, I think it would work a lot better if everybody unplugged and just focused on their own community. Focused in their own neighborhood. And it's kind of like focusing on yourself. If you're lonely and you're not in love with someone and you're struggling because you're not in love, maybe you don't know how to love yourself because yeah. you got to love yourself before you can love someone else. Yeah. and Can I get an amen? Yeah. No, it's true. That's how it started working out with you. I, f- I cracked that code and I was like, phew. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because this is getting frustrating. But, yeah. So that's MK Ultra. We could have went forever on it. Because it's easy, too. Yeah. But, um, you know, now we move into uh, fair game next ah, week. Yeah. That's the closer for Scientology, unless uh, some, you know, stunning news develops or something like that. And we'll yes. we'll preach through there. But, yeah, if you are uh, interested in psychology or Scientology and you're new, uh, we had the previous episodes. Last year, we started... With Scientology, just from an overall perspective. Mm -hmm. And then this year, we broke into the separate segments of it, from L. Ron Hubbard over to the Sea Org, -Org, over to the Bridge. And now we're uh, concluding with Fair Game. And I'm glad we spread it out. Yeah. Because it definitely gave uh, each piece its uh, its due to talk about and also see where it applies to Mm -hmm. different things. So, yeah, with that being said, what's rule number one?
0: No Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Nah, six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. Yeah. yeah. Start local.
1: Yeah. Pet your doggy. Yeah. Seven.
0: Don't engage with the black eyed children. If you don't or see whites people. of their eyes.
1: Yeah, black-eyed black eyed people. On, yeah.
0: On anything.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You need to see whites of their eyes. Mm-hmm. If there's no whites of their eyes, Yeah. They're not, they're not your friend.
1: (laughs) And last but not least.
0: Just listen.
1: Yeah, definitely. So again, we can't thank you enough for keeping with us. And, and if you're just uh, on a board, you got a whole bunch of episodes to catch up on. Yeah. And uh, yeah.
0: If you stumbled across us.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And if you have any ideas or anything you'd like us to dive into or discuss on the uh, podcast, you can uh, email us at O-T-H at seriouslydecent.com. You can. And uh, yeah, spread your uh, spread the word on your, your feeds or your social links or someone that you work with that be interested in this. We're a word of mouth type of gig. We are. And if you can, as Jen said in the beginning of the episode, and I'm going to trailer it off on the end. Uh, if you could go and rate. Rate us at least. You don't yeah. have to do the review, but rate us. You're and in
0: your you're in your chosen so, podcast. So
1: well, platform. yeah, but we would prefer if you could go to Apple or Spotify. Yes. Um, Apple's definitely the first up, and just fill us up with stars. It and helps. Yeah. It's, you know,
0: it's the only thing that helps. It's, it helps us <laughs> a
1: a bunch. You yeah. know, and and you know, grab your friend's phone, yeah. rate it on there too. Sp- spread it out. Yeah. You know. MKUltra, our ratings. Just spread it out all over. You know, maybe slip some acid in somebody's coffee. Don't do that. Take their phone. Don't do that. You know. No. No? All right. Fine.
0: Dad, don't give them acid.
1: I'm sorry, Dino. We
0: just said, you just talked for over an hour about how that's not a good thing to do. Your mom
1: talked for most of that. I didn't say any of that stuff. I didn't say any. <laughs> so, yeah, next week, fair game to conclude Scientology. Yeah. We, um, again, a big shout-out, because this will be heading out through here. Uh, hope you have a great Monday. Uh,
0: enjoy your Memorial enjoy Day. Enjoy your
1: Memorial Day. And Remember please-
0: Remember why you have this day off. Yeah, exactly. and thank you.
1: It's not just barbecues. It's not no, just- No, uh, it's not. It's, Sacrifices you know,
0: were made so yeah. that you can have- your barbecue and also so that you can have your opinions.
1: No, so you can have everything that you have here. Yeah. If you're in the States, I know we got a lot of people all over the world that listen to us, but here at the States, you know, it's not just a barbecue and beer. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that died. So you could just exist here period. And uh, it's worth just at least remembering them. Just take a a small, minute of your life in silence and just kind of reflect and say thank you and thank you for your sacrifice if you see a vet even if you don't agree with it thank them for their service yes please please do it's 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 important it is it's really important it is um we hope you have a lovely day a wonderful week
0: and make good choices take
1: care